Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Motor America fans. Welcome to this latest edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I am Bice, and I'm joined with our uh, Moto America Communications Manager, Paul Carruthers, who's in Southern California. And uh, Paul took a road trip earlier this week. Um, before we start talking about today's guest, let's let's check in with Paul and find out how that went. Paul, you how it's a it's a little bit of a distance up there from where you are up to Button Willow, California, right? Yeah, it's a three and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. So I took I took two of our video guys, Doug and. Tucker up there and and we were up there for two days. I it's funny, I I knew Bakersfield wasn't a real nice area, but then this morning for some reason it was trending on on Twitter. So I I, I clicked on it and was found out it's like one of the 10 deadliest cities in in the country, which I mean it didn't really surprise me, but I didn't think it would be that ranked that well or poor, however you want to look at it. But so we stayed in uh we stayed in good old Bakersfield for a night. And went to the test for two days. It was, it was, it was, it's, you know, it's always nice to see everybody again. Cause you don't, you don't see those guys all the time. Um, there weren't a lot of them there. It was like the attack guys and, uh, and Westby with, with Skultz was there and Kayla Yakov was there with MP13 and Josh Hayes was there helping some super sport kid that I, I've never really met. Oh, I don't know if you know of him, Sean, Declan Rossman. Oh yeah. Declan. Yeah. Declan, um, yeah. Josh told me about him. I haven't met him, but yeah, I guess he's he's new. He's from isn't he from Australia or something? I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't talk to him. Um okay. he was under he was in the MP13 area with yeah. Kayla. And uh it was funny because I walked over there one time and Kayla was Kayla was really helping him out with some things, which kind of surprised <laughs> me because apparently he's riding super sport, but right. It was fun because I, I just I was just eavesdropping and I was I was surprised how much she really not everybody not everybody who's fast knows why they are or knows what they're doing but I, I was surprised by her intelligence of of how she knew what she was doing and could explain it to somebody else so that was kind of cool but the test went well uh Gagne was was fastest um but not my much over Cam Peterson Cam Peterson on the first day stuck to the R6 that he's going to race at Daytona mm-hmm. and um, Gagne isn't going to race in the 200. So he was able to just ride the superbike for both days, but um, no, it was good. And then everybody probably saw, we had a bit of a, a little bit of a fire there that was scary at the time. I was, I happened to be interviewing Matthew Skultz right in front of the Westby bike. And I basically asked one question and boof, we, I looked behind, it was like, it was one of those things where it was happening and you, you just like, is, is this really happening? It was like the bike just burst into flames and we of course ran and then uh, they were able to put it out with a fire extinguisher, but you know, it was kind of a, it was, it was good in one way and that everybody was safe, but you know, you obviously feel for the team because there's obviously an expense there with re- replacing parts and those guys probably were up pretty late that night working on the bike and getting it all ready again. So it was a bit of a bummer, but uh, you know, again, like I said before, it was it was fortunate that everybody came out of that thing without uh, without any injuries, and and you know, the fire could have been really bad if 
you know, for some reason it just started to spread or whatever, but there was quick response and they got the thing out and, and everybody carried on. So it added yeah. a little spice to it, you know, but uh, no, it was overall, it was a good test. We're going to go back. I think they're there in a couple of weeks again. And um, I keep hearing that Bobier is going to be there. And I think, oh. even, I think even Tony and uh, the other M4 guys uh, will be there. So it, it, it'll get it'll be a bit crowded and, and, and more stories and more content we can generate. So overall it was real cool. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd heard that like, since there's going to be, like you said, the next one's coming up pretty quickly. So it, this one was a little bit of a shakedown for that next, next one, so to speak. And, and, and I, like you said, I think the, you know, Westby, they have to, you know, they, they obviously aren't going to take the bikes back to, um, Oklahoma or to Georgia. Um, so they did as much as they could before they had to leave the track. And as far as cleaning up that issue with the uh, one bike, and they're going to have to work on it a little bit when they get there for the next test. But one of the things I noticed, and I, I realized pretty quickly why, but, you know, you mentioned that Gagne was quickest, but, you know, he was slower than that last uh, test they had, which he was really fast in. And of course they were using Dunlop testing Dunlop Q tires in that. So that explained that. And I, I don't think any, any of those guys were necessarily going for any fastest lap times. I don't think they even used any Q tires at all. So um, that, that kind of explained that if anybody ever looked at the previous test versus that one and wondered why they weren't as fast. Well, that, that was the reason. So. Yeah. And it's um, one of those places, like I was talking to Gagne about it and the track changes there so much, you know, with the temperature, whether it's clean or dirty so I, I think they're just, I think they really just look at the lap times relative to the lap times that are set on the same day, if that makes sense, more so than like, you know, how fast he might've gone in July of one year or something, you know? So it's, uh, you just kind of take the lap times there with a grain of salt because really they're just getting ready for the season. And, you know, a lot with, with this, I mean, it was like, um, you know, Skolt said he hadn't ridden a real motorcycle since September. So for, for guys like that, when they come out to a test like that, I mean, it, a lot of it's just getting their brain up to speed, you know, so they can, they can get to work, but um, they did. Uh, Westby did have some new bits that, um, that get some closer or the same as, as, uh, as the attack bike. So they were, they were working on that stuff, but I know initially it was just Matthew trying to get used to riding a motorcycle again. Yeah. He hadn't ridden that bike. Well, I guess that's not a surprise, but they didn't test the last type test. He hadn't ridden that bike since Barber last year. So, right. um, but uh, anyway, so let's, let's uh, move on. So uh, this week we're, we've got Ben Glotti on who um, is a Revit twins cup rider um, moving into his second season aboard the two banger bikes um, racing for Robem engineering on an Aprilia RS 660. And, you know, Ben is another one of these fast, uh, I'm not going to say kids, but fast riders from up in the Northeast. Um, he was teamed up with Teague Hobbs uh, last year, who we had on the podcast recently as well. And, and Teague has moved on to, um, to the uh, Vision Wheel M4 X-Star Suzuki team on a super sport bike. And so Ben is, is coming back for another year with Robem Engineering, and he will have another teammate that is yet to be announced, but he, he will be joined by another teammate. And they're, they're going to begin their season at Daytona when we're down there. Twins Cup is going to be part of that. So uh, let's see. So Ben finished. Um, sorry, I, ha I had this in front of me. I think it was I think it was seventh in the championship this past year. And it's funny because Teague was actually just in front of him. Um, 
And uh, so they, and they actually, it was an uncharacteristic year for the team and those two riders, um, seventh and eighth, sorry, Teague was seventh and Ben was eighth. And they had, uh, Ben had a couple of podiums, three in fact. Um, and it's funny at the last two rounds of the season, New Jersey and at Barber, um, they Teague and, and Ben kind of traded positions. So um, Teague was, I guess, third and Ben was second at New Jersey. And then it was flipped around and Teague was second and, and uh, Ben was third at New Jersey. So, or at uh, Barber Motorsports Park to finish out the year. So they finished out the year strong. Um, we'll talk to Ben about the past, this past year, as well as the upcoming season, but let's bring him on, Ben. Hey, sorry, I, I had your, your rankings wrong to start with, but uh, um, good. No, to have that's right. All right. <laughs> okay, good. So would you would say, I mean, you, you came into our series and really ha have been very successful right off the bat. I remember, I think your first race was at, oddly enough at Utah Motorsports campus a few years ago, right? Yeah, it was uh, 2019, I believe. Yeah. Boy, it seems like it hasn't been that long, but yeah, I know. But you've had a lot of success. You were in junior cup and, and did real well in that class. And this year, would you say it 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 was it was a little bit of an off year for you? Yeah, I I definitely think last year was, you know, it definitely wasn't the best year. And um it was kind of an off year for both myself and the team a little bit. Um, you know, the team was working really hard with everything and we just we kept struggling with parts and you know, having having stuff just fail on us that was out of our control. Like the team was going through the bikes after every session and, you know, everything was brand new and we'd go out and the bike would it'd break again. So, you know, I can't thank the team enough for everything they did and everything. Um, and, you know, I, I did my best with everything. And then towards the end of the season, we kind of worked it out a little bit and, you know, worked consistently where me and Teague and the team thought we deserved to be. Yeah, it's funny. I was looking at the at the results this morning, Sean, and it's like the last four races, or actually the kind of the last, probably like four of the last six races. They, he Ben really came on. I mean, he got fourth, a sixth, a second, and a third. And so it suddenly at the end of the year, there, you know, it, it he was kind of where we thought he'd be the entire time. But like he like he's mentioned, there was obviously some issues throughout the season, and uh, and they had a bit of bad luck. So. It was good to finish on a strong, on a strong note because. Uh, so Ben, all you got to really do is think of the last races and not the early ones as you start the new season. Yeah, exactly. I we we started the season pretty hot. I mean, we we came out of Daytona and I was on pole, and uh, then I got taken out there on, on the last lap. But you know, from there, it just kind of started a downhill spiral. Now you mentioned Daytona, so that's obviously where we go first. Yeah, is that a place you enjoy racing at? Yeah, I I like racing there. the The first time I ever rode there was uh with Moto America, um when the twins and everything went there this past season, and you know I enjoyed it. It's a fun track. It's you know high speeds and a lot of drafting, but mm -hmm. you know it ma makes for good racing, good tight racing. You know, Ben, listen, I'm not going to mince words here. You got taken out by friendly fire. Let's face it. Tom Tommaso Marconi was his teammate. And, and, you know, we, we love him. We love when he's in the series. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a very energetic uh, young rider and he's a good rider as well. But of course we've run that clip a few times and I'm sure you've seen it. 
That was the yeah. weirdest thing ever when he basically got caught to the back end of you. And I mean, you, you couldn't do anything. You, you had to go down, didn't you? I mean, it, uh, basically the bike went down, but you had another bike attached to you. So that was weird. I tried to ride out of it and I, I got it as far as I could till I hit the grass. And then once I hit the grass, the rear wheel just fully locked up and there was nothing I could do. Yeah, it's crazy. So how, how are you feeling about the season this year? Because it was a little interesting to start with when, you know, we were figuring out the schedule and everything. And I say we, I mean, Moto America, I mean, not Paul, yeah. I didn't have anything to do with it, but you know, it was kind of weird. And the effort was to try to get two rounds uh, two races at every place you go rather than going way out to the West coast, you know, and, and race one race, um, which is yeah. better for the teams. And are you, do you like the fact that you're not at every round, but you're racing two rounds at every round you're at? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, I've, I've been used to the junior cup, every track we go right. to, we have two races and everything else. So it was this past season, it, it kind of like sucked, you know, I'd, go all the way out to Washington or California, like Laguna. I think we only had one race and it was like, you know, I went all the way out there and I flew in Thursday morning and I'm leaving Saturday after, after our race. And it just, I don't know. It kind of felt weird. Yeah. It, that was a strange thing, but I mean, at least this year it, it, it'll be two races like it used to be. And you're right. It's gotta be tough coming from junior cup to go into a class that's, you know, a step up, but yet you don't race it every round because of certain issues of scheduling and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see, but um, being that you're East coast and Northeast and what Daytona means to all the riders around this country, but certainly riders on the East coast and particularly in the Northeast, it, it seems like it's such a right of spring to go down to Daytona. Um, and you were there last year and it's obviously the start of the season. How do you like riding at uh, that track? Uh, Daytona's fun. I mean, it, it definitely has its, you know, downfalls cause I'm, I'm, you know, a taller rider. So it's harder for me to tuck in and everything, but, um, you know, it's, it's always fun to go race there. It's always good racing and, you know, it keeps the pack nice and close. So. I think this year it's probably going to be another another thing like last year where six to eight of us are all going to the line, just praying you get the right draft. Yeah, it seems like a timing thing, and hopefully nobody go, rides the wall like last year. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. That was pretty bizarre. But, um, you know, you mentioned you're growing all the time. I don't think you've stopped growing yet, and you've gotten tall pretty quickly. Um, do you – well, I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. You got a Twins Cup championship to to go for this year, but I imagine you've started to look at and and get a get on bigger bikes. Um, I'm sure that's something in your future. Is it is that sort of the plan? Yeah, um, you know, I, I've been riding um, 600s and so whatnot for their probably two two years now. Not not really consistently, but just you know, um, riding other people's bikes and just kind of testing them out and whatnot and you know definitely on the bigger bikes my size a little bit helps me just to move flick the bike side to side and get through like the s's and stuff but um you know my trap speeds are definitely down just a smidge compared to you know people that are a little smaller then before we went on we were talking a little bit about what you've been doing over the winter. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell the rest of, why don't you tell everybody else what you were telling me? And I, I think it's, uh, you mentioned ice, ice riding and also some supermoto. 
Yeah, um, I've you know I've been spending quite a bit of time in Florida riding supermoto, um, and you know just keep keep putting laps in and whatnot. And um, you know I tested uh, for a couple of days at Homestead um, a few weeks ago, and then after I got home from that trip, everything was frozen frozen at home. So I threw the ice tires on and went and rode some ice uh, a couple weekends ago, and you know it was fun to just get back and kind of ride with no pressure at all or anything. You mentioned testing. Is that basically, do you, do you just keep the bikes that you had from last year? It's not, you don't get all new bikes every year, right? Uh, so this year we do have new bikes. Um, and, but with the new bikes weren't done yet, we're still waiting on a few parts to come in. So, um, I actually rode Teague's bike from last year. Um, cause mine's all torn apart. And back to the supermoto thing, is that, do you, do you end up hooking up with, with other guys over there? I mean, is it, I see Brandon Posh and, and, and some of those guys out there, but is it, is, are we talking about the same places or are those that, are they in different spots than you? No, all the same places. Um, we were all at Bushnell Motorsports Park. Um, and you know, I, I went, me and Gus went and stayed at Brandon's house uh, a few weeks ago and whatnot. And, you know, we had the RV with Kevin, so we, uh, kind of made a whole trip out of that and you know hit homestead when we uh when we were ready to head home now where are you right now ben i I assume you're home in new hampshire yeah i am yep i'm home okay so well i need to find something out um i've been following a little bit well not a little bit a lot with what you've been doing in the off season and how you do fundraisers for your season and all the cool things you guys do and i gotta find out i'm a i'm a carnivore from way back so I, I'm intrigued by this, but what is meat bingo? Um, so basically it's kind of exactly what it sounds like you. So you take, you get three, three cards, just regular playing cards. Um, and you get little chips and whatnot. And, um, you know, one of our friends actually was the one that introduced us to this and people seem to really love it. It's like, you know, you put, a 10 pound brisket or something up for, for the next one. And, you know, you, you have the people up front calling the cards and whatnot, and you get, get the three cards first, then you win. So you win meat instead of money. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's so funny because he makes it sound like it's normal and I don't, it seems anything but to me. Like I'm, it's def- definitely different. It, <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. People seem to love it. So, okay. Is this something people do in New Hampshire or did you guys invent it? Um, no, I mean, I had never heard of it before my mom told me about it and I guess she heard about it from a friend. So it must, must be something people do. (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, you know, in past, uh, past podcasts we've had with you and when we know, how how winter is in in new hampshire and and people we're not talking about the weather here necessarily i just want to <laughs> ask ben because he does snowboard ben have you been, d- done any snowboarding lately i have not oh it uh it it's been like crazy warm this winter you know we we've basically been 40 degrees the whole time so we don't don't really have a lot of snow right now or anything and um you know we had um actually the day of day of my fundraiser it was negative like 35 40 with the wind chill um 
and that just that sucked like nobody nobody wanted to do anything <laughs> you you're at the point now in your age uh it, it kind of baffles me a little bit because i i didn't realize this but i think at this point you when you hook up with the other guys when you go to Bushnell in florida that's in florida right yes yep when you, when you go there are you are you driving yourself these days down there yeah, um, most of the time. Um, this this last trip, I went with Gus Rodeo and his dad. Oh, you and Sorry, yeah. But um, you know, all last winter, I I think I drove back and forth from like Florida and Georgia back to New Hampshire. I think I drove did that drive eight or nine times over the winter. Yeah. Wow. And and of course, you know, Gus is down in New Jersey, so you drove down from New Hampshire to New Jersey, and then went down with him to Florida. Was that how it went? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Wow. So, well, actually I went from New Hampshire, New Jersey, picked Gus up and then went to Ohio to stop in at the robe engineering, um, shop and everything stopped in, picked up a bike and then drove back to Gus's house and then drove to Florida. Yeah. You head over to Hamilton, Ohio. That that's, that's like a, you're going, you're taking a triangle there. You're going over that way and then down back the other way a little bit. That's insane. Yeah. There. Um, it's, uh, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about Matt Spicer for a minute. I want to ask you, he's a character. I mean, he's in one of those guys, you have to look at him when you're talking to him because you, have, <laughs> is you don't, you really have to pay attention to what he's saying, his facial expressions and the whole bit. I mean, he's, he's an enigma. I mean, I think he's funny. <laughs> Funny as can be, but sometimes you're like, oh, he's actually joking this time. He's not being serious. Is that oh, hard? Yeah. Are, can you read him pretty well? Uh, I can now. At the beginning of the season, I I could not read him to save my life. Like I was like, man, why like why is this guy being so mean right now? I don't <laughs> but now now that you know I know him and have known him for a while, it it uh he's definitely he's super funny. Like 90% of the time, nothing he says is serious. It's all, all joking and just having fun. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, this guy is absolutely a brainiac engineer. I mean, he definitely has that side of his brain going to the point where that's why it is, it is, he's got like, he has the driest sense of humor I've ever seen in my oh. life. Like I said, you got to look at him when he's talking because otherwise you're not going to catch the twinkle in his eye. And that's even <laughs> not there very often. So exactly. <laughs> um. So the program this year, like I said, without name and names, you're going to have another teammate. Um, when you had Teague on the team last year, despite the issues you guys had, I mean, you're obviously from the same part of the country, so you knew each other from that point of view. But teammates, and and without again, without revealing it, the teammate that you're going to have, are is it is it a good thing to have a teammate to work with the way you do? Definitely a hundred percent. You know, me and Teague, I, we work really good together. We've been racing with each other since, I mean, I think I was 10, 11, maybe. And he was, you know, a couple years older than me. So 13. Um, and, you know, working with him was great. Um, you know, we, we were able to work together on and off the track. You know, we came off the track, worked on track maps and, you know, if one of us needed help on track, we'd go out together and give each other that help. And I think this this coming season is going to be, you know, the same thing with with my new teammate. It's he's great rider. He's definitely proved himself. And, you know, now we just got to get on with the season and, you know, see 
see how we're both going to end up doing and just work off of each other to get better and better. So Ben, we can ask you about uh, something specific. You're, you're a good information source for a lot of stuff, not only how to read Matt Spicer, but um, <laughs> the fact that you continue, you're working with um, American super camp still and continuing to be an instructor with that. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Okay. So I had heard actually Paul and I haven't even talked about this yet, but I'm sure Paul knows this too. Um, so we had heard that, uh, and I, I think he's probably still part of American super camp, but, but Danny's right-hand man, Robbie Peterson is going to be working with Estenson racing this year. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. That's true. Um, I, I don't know too much about that. Honestly, I knew Robbie, um, you know, Essenson reached out to him and I knew he was considering it. And then I saw, saw the road race road racing world um article come out that said he was going to uh oh i didn't see that sorry sorry road racing world i think I, moved, yeah, I, I think he moved already too and are they they're in arizona right uh i think they're in kentucky oh i'm okay. not too sure okay um but yeah from what i know they're like right with jd beach in kentucky oh wow oh so you're saying you're you know what paul's saying is oh you're you're saying, Paul, that Estenson is in Arizona. Yeah, I don't know. I think part of him, I think, I think the owner of it is, but I don't know. A lot of the team, I don't think, is now or something. It's weird. Yeah, but there is some Kentucky thing. But does that mean, did Robbie go to move to Kentucky as well? I know he's moved. I just don't know where. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think he did move, but I'm not, I don't, I don't know 100% where. I just, I think the team is based out of Kentucky. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, so let me ask you about this. You, well, when was the last American Super Camp that you did? Um, it's actually been a while. Just I've been so busy. I think it was, I did like a month long trip um, in November. Uh, I went to, went to Delaware, then um, Washington State, LA, um, and Santa Rosa. Wow. You were way out there. Yeah. Okay. How does way it work? Out here. Yeah, way out, way out, where Rapallo is. Yeah, how does it work with that camp with regard to you know? Obviously, Danny, is it like I'll take you when you can do it, or do you have to commit to something? I mean, how does the relationship work? Um, you know, he'll he'll send out like a big big group text, and he'll be like, "Hey, who's available for my camps? This date, this date, and this date." Um, and you know, we'll we'll reply with you know we're available and not available. So it's just kind of off of you know our availability and who can, who can go to what camps. So back to Robbie for a minute, since you've worked with him before um, and, you know, Paul has known him forever. And, and I've, I was a huge fan of his when I was younger and, and got to know him, became, became a friend of his. So we, we all think a lot of him and it's just what he did when he worked with Wyatt Ferris. And then even with, with what he wor did working with Tyler Scott last year, um, you know, he was, a, he was a great rider. I mean, he rode in formula USA on a YZR 500 two stroke bike that was, you know, one year old from Wayne Rainey having ridden it. And, and so, you know, he, he's been in the deep end. Um, and obviously his, his son is now on his way, you know, a huge star in our series when working with Robbie and knowing what he's done on teams from a crew chief point of view, what, what what is he like? Does he is he pretty analytical as a teacher? Um, what do you see in him that and does it surprise you the success he's had as you know a crew chief on these teams? 
No, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. You know, he, he breaks everything down really well. Um, and you know, just gets the information out, like as simple, as simple as he can, where you're going to understand it and be like, Oh yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, and you know, I know he's not huge on electronics or anything cause he never grew up racing with them. He doesn't, you know, not that he doesn't understand them, but you know, it's definitely when I was riding the 400 and everything and whatnot, and even the twin, um, when we didn't have data and testing, like I just, you know, it's a little easier for me just to do everything with the bike and, you know, having the data is great and everything gives you a ton of feedback, but, um, you know, sometimes I would just, I'd rather, you know, not look at the data once in a while because we're not running traction control, wheelie control, all that. Um, so I don't know. I think he is very great at what he does and just, I don't know. He's, he's special for sure. He's really good at, really good at what he does. So when you're at those camps and you're teaching, you're obviously instructing riders who are, you know, all kinds of skill levels, I guess, even from, you know, pretty early age, but even, you know, less skill level, I guess you could put it. Um, but for you, it's, you probably also to get that time seat time on that, that those bikes in that camp, it's gotta be a good thing for you in two ways to not only kind of extend your, or teach, you know, pay it forward and teach what you know, but also to keep honing your skills. Is that, is that right? Yeah, hundred percent, you know, teaching, you know, teaching people is just, it keeps you reminded of everything that you need to keep doing and, you know, like getting yourself thinking about it and be like, do I, do I really do that? Like, you know, cause you get to a certain point and you just start doing stuff without even realizing you're doing it. Um, so I grew up racing flat track, everything else. So a lot of, a lot of my habits and everything, like I don't even realize I do them sometimes. So um definitely teaching them keeps you reminded of like you know even the little basics and everything like that and then like sometimes we'll do like instructor races which always end bad but or they're a lot of fun um so you know you get to go out and push as hard as hard as you can on on a little ttr 125 and you know have a great time and realize like just everything everything going on and like the little things that affect the bike that you can do to change and not, not have it affect the bike. All right. This question's a little off the wall, but when you see, you, you know, you're a young kid, you've been here, you've been with Moto America since, you know, since you, your beginnings and you've yeah. worked your way up through junior cup and now to twins cup. And I don't know what ultimately your goals are as far as whether that would be super sport or stock 1000 or super bike or whatever, but is it diff? I, I would find it difficult now to be a young racer. If you if your goals were to be like, oh, you know, everybody says it like, oh man, I, I just want to be a MotoGP world champion or a Moto2 world champion. And then you see, I mean, I think, I think with Cameron Bobier going over there and having the success that he did, but probably not the success we would have all wanted or he would have wanted. Does it change that in your mind? Do you think like, oh my God, that's got to be so hard if he can't come back as world champion. Does it change your goals? Do you think like, you know what, maybe my goal should be to be 
Moto America Superbike champion or World Superbike champion? Does it have any effect on that, or do you not think that far ahead? So, I mean, I, I've never really thought that far ahead, but, you know, when I was, you know, a lot younger, you know, my goal was always, yeah, I want to be MotoGP world champion. Um, but, you know, as, as I've gotten older, um, my goal has always been to get into world Superbike and just, you know, be a top guy in world Superbike. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Sean, I don't have too much more for Ben, but I'm, I bet you do. Um, yeah, I just want to, well, a couple of things I want to check with him on two, two things. And then I think we'll wrap it up here, Ben, unless there's something you want to get, you want to mention. Um, actually, well, you want to mention about you, you, you have merchandise, right? You have shirts, hats, things like that, that you want people to get involved in. Is that right? You want to give a plug there? Yeah. Um, if you go to my website, uh, bengladiracing.com, um, you know, we have the full online store up there. We have sweatshirts, beanies, um, hats, uh, t-shirts, you know, all, all that good stuff. So, um, I want to ask you, we, you know, we generally within Moto America, we see the entry list a little bit earlier than they're made public. So we have to go through them and make sure everything's spelled right and all that, but we haven't seen really a, a list of twin, the twins cup riders yet. And we kind of know who some of them are going to be. I'm sure you do too. Um, yeah. There may be some surprises, but do you, if, looking at yourself and with your teammate who will still be unnamed, um, who are you looking at as your greatest challenges in the class this year? Um, you know, I know Kayla's going to be fast. Um, my teammate is definitely, he's going to be fast. And, you know, there, there's always, always guys that you never you never really know about or anything and you you get to the first round and they're always right up front so um you know i think hayden schultz will definitely be he'll be a top guy at you know all the rounds for sure um and yeah i think you know just trying to stay focused on myself more than you know what what a bunch of other people are doing and everything so that i can i can be as ready as i can be and just do do what I need to do on the track. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, and, and we're going to be looking forward to, to seeing you guys. I mean, Twins Cup is is an awesome class. It keeps getting better all the time. It's crazy the amount of you know development that's that's done in that class year after year, and and it's become a legitimate step along the way for sure for a lot of riders. And and uh, we're certainly glad you're in it again and, and back for another season. Um, looking forward to that a lot. Um, I want to do a shout out, you know, Paul, Paul makes fun of me about this and Ben, you probably think I'm weird about this anyway, but I, I always like to give shout outs to the moms and the girlfriends. So, um, I got to give a shout out to Christina day, uh, Ben's mom, who I stay in touch with. She's, she's great about promoting you, Ben, as you know, I mean, she's a big part. Yeah. Of and I saw a photo of you the other day with a young lady and I had to find out and I, her name is Emily. So I yeah. got to Emily. Is she from your area? How did you meet her? Yeah. Um, her brother started racing this past year and, uh, then, you know, me and her just kind of started talking and whatnot. And then, you know, kind of, kind of led into something more. So she, she has a, she has an understanding and a background of racing a little bit. Um, a little bit, not really like her brother just, just started racing this past year. Um, he started racing at, racing at Loudon. So, you know, when I was there and whatnot, he was in a garage with a couple of my friends. So, 
you know, kind of got to know them a little bit. And their his family was around all the time and everything. Well, I've heard she's going to be at Daytona, so I'll make sure I stop by to say hello. But uh, yeah, she will be. <laughs> all right, hey, so we're going to wrap up here, and I, I want to mention one thing. So I'm going to kind of go a little weird going into this, but you guys know that I'm weird anyway. So um, and and. Yeah. Well, so today is my son's birthday and I'm not saying that because he's going to hear it because he has literally no interest in motorcycling and has probably never listened to this podcast at all. But the only reason I mention it is because 28 years ago in at the Elliott Hospital in Manchester, New Hampshire, Ben will know where that is. And yep. very well. that's where my son was born. Um, I remember it was a, it was a day that there was quite a bit of snow in New Hampshire. Not that we're talking about the weather, but I remember it was a sunny, snowy day. But on that day, of course, and and Paul knows this, when you have a child and you're the guy, they offer you the, the option of cutting the cord. And mm -hmm. I, I wanted no part of that. And we only had one kid, so I didn't have to make the decision ever again. So I never had anything to do with that. I just, I just couldn't even fathom that idea. But cutting the cord is something I actually did probably in the past couple of years from the point of view of... I don't, we don't have cable in our house anymore. And I'll tell you, it's been the greatest thing for me because we have YouTube TV and I have apps now to watch um, what I want to watch, which is usually NFL, college basketball, and certainly Moto America. And Moto America, I mean, obviously I have a Live Plus subscription and I'm going to continue to have it, uh, even though we're at every race. And, you know, it's still great for us to look at it in the off season or when we come back home or review it. So I'm, obviously pitching that this year it's time to re-up again um for live plus subscriptions they've been renewed for people that have had them in the past and we're on, we're pushing for uh subscriptions this year leading into daytona so it's it's right now 89.99 for um introductory price and it includes daytona and it's the only way you can watch the daytona 200 this year and even if you're at the track and your your track side if you have it on your phone and you watch the coverage it's a great way to augment your experience when you're there but if you can't make it to day daytona then certainly the live plus is where you want to be it's going to cover all the all the classes all the races the 200 it's going to show ben gladi and his two twins cup races down there with his team and all the other competitors it's it's the way to go for for this season and the, the programming is fantastic michael hill will be at daytona this year and he's part of the live plus broadcast mike on the mic running around the paddock um, and, and it'll, I think we're also covering the, um, the pit stop challenge, uh, on life plus I'm sure we are, aren't we, Paul? I would think uh, probably, so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a great opportunity to really be at, if you're at the track, it's great to augment your experience. If you're not, it's pretty much like being there. It's, it's really awesome. You see everything, you know, most all the practices, not all of them, some of the morning ones you don't, but you definitely see qualifying sessions and absolutely all the racing plus a lot of interviews with the riders. So I kind of rambled on about that, but like I said, I cut the cord. You should cut the cord too. get away from that cable stuff. Start consuming uh, TV and, and uh, broadcast stuff the way you want to, which is subscribing to apps, including live plus. So that's my that's my stance right now. And happy birthday to my son. Yeah, I I think I think last year I didn't I didn't even leave the camper to watch the 200 because you can't really see anything at Daytona. I just I watched it on the app. So there you go. There's a testimonial from one of our riders when you're at the track. It, it's the way to go, especially I mean, 
certainly with road racing, you know, it's great to be there, but it helps, right, Ben? Because even as a rider, you know, there are parts, you can't get around every part of the track, certainly not at Daytona. Um, exactly. So it's hard to see it, but, but, you know, if you follow it on live plus you, you're, you're right there. It's, it's really fantastic. So, so anyway, Ben, thank you for being on with us. Um, continued uh, enjoyment in the off season and success to you. Um, I know you're going to bounce back this year and be a factor um, and enjoy that crazy driving that you do everywhere and, and anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And, and just real quick, I just want to thank, you know, Rome engineering, obviously for everything they've done. Um, Aprilia and Atlantic Cruising Yachts. You know, we got we got a bunch more sponsors that are sticking on this year, and I just want to give a huge thank you to all of them for all their support over the years. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Ben. And I'm gonna head up there pretty soon for some meat bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meat bingo. We gotta have it. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you.